0: Y'all getting on. It's pretty quiet here on Hanfek. I got that on Kungsholmen, but I've just picked up the Christmas turkey from Taylor and Jones here. My name is Philip O'Connor, I listen to the Irish and Sweden podcast. A little nip around town. A lot of food today, a lot of talk about Christmas, like I think. This is your Christmas special. It's the most wonderful time of the year, no matter whether you're in Stockholm or Stocksund or Luleå or Umeå or down in Malmö or in Helsingborg or indeed if you're back in Ireland and lucky enough to be celebrating there over the course of this we'll be talking just a little bit but we also have a few Christmas greetings from the Irish community
1: here in Sweden. How are you Philip? My name is David O'Connor living in Gothenburg. We'll be celebrating Christmas out in Shearn just outside of Gothenburg uh, from Kilkenny, Kilkenny Ireland. Uh, big fan of the show. It's great to hear.
2: My name is Emma Ridge. I'm from Carna, Connemara, County Galway, and I'm living in Stockholm, Sweden for the past... I'll be nine years after Christmas, actually. So this year I'll be staying in Stockholm and spending Christmas here. I'll be working a bit and spending Christmas with friends and things like that. And yeah, uh, it's going to be a strange one and a different one. But I think that staying away for a while could be Could be nice in a way too because then you can go back then in the new year when things are a bit calmer with COVID and stuff like that and you can really enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to what's hopefully going to be a nice white Christmas and a few pints of Guinness in Galveston. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Take care.
0: So we've moved in from the streets of Stockholm, where we've been doing a little bit of Christmas shopping, into the Old Brewer, which is here in the centre of town, just on or Gothen. Tim Barber, you're serving
1: Christmas dinner on Christmas Day this year, is that correct? Not on Christmas Day. Not
0: on Christmas Day! What are people going to
1: do, Tim? Unfortunately, they'll probably be stuck inside eating Swedish Christmas food, I think. Oh no, disaster! But Have you been doing a Christmas dinner until now? We started serving a Christmas menu, three course or two course, um, on the 21st of November. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, we've been serving we've done well over three hundred and fifty. Well. Since then. Probably more. That's that's for ones who just booked for like Christmas, full Christmas uh menus. But we've had the turkey dinner on our a la carte menu as well. Super. Yeah.
0: That's gone well for
1: you. Yeah, it has. Uh Swedes, you know, they're lapping up the turkey, as are the expats, you know. So. And,
0: OK, take me through the three courses, right? Because turkey yeah. and ham and that kind of thing, obviously, for the main course, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: no, we have... Um, so our signature dish here is a beef wellington. Yep. Yeah. So we have uh, kind of a Christmas version of that mm-hmm. with Brussels, with bacon-fried brus- uh, Brussels sprouts That'll and a, ba- a bay leaf you, potato. You
0: don't mind if I drool on your floor here? Nah.
1: You? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of people have been. Um, <laughs> and then we do a turkey ballotine. So a little bit different. We stuff it with prunes and chestnuts. Oh, wow. And uh, it's Parma ham-wrapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've served that with roast potatoes, bacon fried sprouts, and the most important thing, pigs in blankets. There you go. Uh, yeah. Gravy. We do uh, honey and nut uh, roasted parsnips and carrots. And uh, our famous red wine jus, which people go mad for. People want to buy it off me. That's they want to come thing. and buy tubs for their Christmas dinners at home.
0: T- um, tell me a little yeah. bit more about the old brewer because i know um you are one of these people who st- unluckily was starting a business in the middle of the pandemic yeah. you managed to get it up and running and then it was going really well until yeah. recent restrictions are kicking in there yeah. but the focus here really is on food isn't
1: it yeah i mean before before i opened this i was a hotel and mm. uh, when covid struck all of my me and my business partners got made redundant mm. so we started talking about what we'd do if we were going to start a business and i you know, I've been coming to Stockholm for 15 years. I've been living here for the last two and a half. And I said, well, there's a gap in the market for a proper gastropub. Because mm. I've seen the food scene evolve here massively uh, over the last 10, 15 years. But pubs are still shit in mm. general. You know, I, I, until I opened this, I don't think I'd eaten in many of the pubs after trying a few. after The first few times I came, I was like, it's just frozen rubbish. Mm. Um, and I'd come from a pub background in London, before that Paris for a bit. And I was like, someone needs to do it properly. Yeah. Um, you know, and there, there's a couple of examples who are doing, you know, doing all right. But I wanted to do, I wanted to have restaurant quality food mm. in a pub environment. Divinity. And like the, the gastropub here, I mean, the man on the moon calls itself a gastropub. Mm. Um, Francien tried to open the flying out, He didn't last long with that. Yeah. He didn't, he just didn't get it right. And you know, I hate to say it, but Swedes don't get it. And you know, if you live, if you go to England, Ireland, Scotland. You know, we we eat well in pubs now. It's not just a place where people go and drink yeah. cheap beers, which is what Swedes like. At pubs at mm. in general. You know, when women come in here, they go, oh wow, look, they got a nice wine list. Yeah, they make cocktails. You know, it's not. Do you want red or white? Mm. Um, they're the two choices we have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, with the with the food, you know, we made quite a bold statement. Wanted to do beef Wellington as our signature. Mm. We, we serve Sunday roasts, which that's we're pretty much fully booked every week. Yeah. Um, and the only other place in Stockholm that served a welly when we first opened was Argya. Yeah. But you have to pre-order it there and you have to be six people, whereas we have it à la carte. That's and, uh, your one's yeah. restaurant there, the sort of meat exactly. restaurant on Kungsholmen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um, yeah, one of the owners comes in here, Argya, and he loves our fish and chips. So. There you go. Yeah, so the old is born out of that. And to be honest, um, I was only saying earlier how it's quite interesting that, some people really do look at us as a pub, mm-hmm. but other people look at us as a restaurant. So I guess I've kind of succeeded in kind of bridging that gap in a way, because mm. uh, Swedes generally don't look at pubs as where they go to have good food. Yeah, it might be a burger or Findus fish finger and chips.
0: No, if I'm looking for turkey over the Christmas, what days can I get it if I can't get a Christmas? So we're day
1: serving here? it up until the twenty-third. Okay, um, and we're. Pretty full already, but I'm sure I could squeeze you in. You can
0: squeeze a couple of people in. You wanted a so. turkey,
1: yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic dish.
0: And then what happens after that then in January? You go back to the regular or the yeah, regular? Yeah, so menu. Uh, the,
1: the turkey will come off after Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Now, after the experience of doing the
0: Christmas menu this year, do you think you're going to put it on a little bit earlier next year or try to expand it a little bit?
1: <sighs> I mean, might, maybe not earlier, but um, I might consider being open on Christmas Day if the demand was there. Mm. I mean, to be honest, this year, I didn't really know how December was going to be, but it's been madness, and yeah. the team need that break. Yeah. Generally, I do believe that over Christmas, staff should be with their families, but if, we're, if the demand is there and I can sell out before we've even got into December, I'll open, mm. and then I'll serve, I'll serve the people. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, Love yeah, we'll all, see. So all. never say never. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem coming in and working on Christmas Day, mm. um, but it wouldn't be cheap. <laughs> look at, you know, there, nothing in life that's worth having yeah, exactly, is, my friend yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to
0: look for a free tip off you That's the last thing we're going to do here yeah. If you had one tip that you could give to people Cooking their Christmas dinner at home Because I'm thinking in particular of the Irish lads who might be stuck here for the first time And they have to cook a turkey themselves right? Yeah. If there's one tip you could give them in the kitchen To make their Christmas dinner all the
1: better What would that be? <clears throat> I would say, whatever you do Do not try and make gravy the easy way Make a red wine juice, buy a load of bones from the butchers, get them reducing, get that stock going, get all that wine in there, take some time of it, spend a couple of days on it. Um, and if you can't do that, email me and I'll see if I can sell you some that we make. Lovely man altogether. Yeah. Thanks very much, Chip. Yeah, nice talking to you. And you too. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you.
0: There you go That was Tim At the Old Brewer Here in the heart of Stockholm And it doesn't seem That there's too many places Doing a Christmas dinner This year I think the only one When I went out on Facebook And asked about it On my private Facebook page Rather than the one For the podcast was one that uh, Ian Maloney in Gothenburg, the great Ian Maloney, a fantastic musician uh, from Wexford, used to play with Cousin Bill and still plays around the highways and byways of this country. Uh, he was telling me the Beans Bistro down in Gothenburg is doing a Christmas dinner on the 25th. But if you can't get down there or if you're not anywhere close to it or you can't get to anywhere that's serving a Christmas dinner, you'll find that a lot of the bigger supermarkets in the bigger towns, certainly, uh, they're not a lot better stocked with turkey these days. I've noticed that. Now, that may be a Stockholm thing. It might be different from where you live If you're in somewhere like that but you can usually get hold of a frozen, uh, frozen turkey from uh Ingles to Calcone, I think is the name of the place and they also do fresh turkey and they do turkey breasts and that kind of thing so if there's only two of you you don't need like you know five, six kilos of, of a turkey uh, but you can get a turkey breast there and do that in the oven and I'm sure uh, if you were to get in touch with the likes of Tim, or indeed our next guest is coming up shortly, they'll be able to give you a few recipes for how to do those turkey details. Let's hear from uh, one or two more of the Irish community who are going to be celebrating Christmas uh, somewhere between here and there over the next few days.
2: How are you Phil? Um, Paddy McCann
1: here. Uh, Originally from Annaman and I'm living and working now in Stockholm, Sweden. I'll be spending Christmas in Karlstad with uh, my fiancé and the future in-laws. Jack O'Kane from Queen County Clare, living in Farsta, Stockholm, and celebrating Christmas in Queen County Clare. All the best and happy Christmas.
2: Hi, my name is Claire King. I'm from Tremora, County Waterford. I've been living in Stockholm for 12 years now, first in Solna and then in Södermalm. I love Christmas and I feel lucky to have both Swedish and Irish traditions. The three weeks of Advent before we fly to Ireland is filled with very special time, where we meet friends to bake gingerbread, drink glug, enjoy Christmas music at home and at the Christmas markets. I love the Lucia celebrations on December 13th, and we watch the Yule calendar on SBTA with my kids. Then we fly to Ireland and enjoy our Irish traditions with family in Waterford, Clare and Calvin. Very grateful to be able to enjoy the best of both worlds.
0: Thanks very much to Claire and to everyone who sent in their WhatsApp voice notes. And I think that's something that we'll try to make a feature of the podcast going forward. So if you do have uh, something to say, something you'd like to bring up on the podcast, send a voice note to 070-721-7715. That's 070-721-7715. And uh, if I can, and if you keep the swearing to a minimum, I'll always try to include them in the show. And it might be just greetings to somebody that you haven't seen in a while that you know listens. You know, So just send them in there. We'll go through them and see... Uh, if we can include them here, right? This is a community podcast, and it is a community-supported podcast. It exists for you, and it's supported by you. There's three ways that you can support it, right? And two of them are for private individuals. If you have a Swedish bank account and a Swedish mobile phone, you can swish a donation to 123 24, 24 That's one two three two four two four one six six. And a couple of people have already uh, swished me 500 crowns as if right okay, there you go, that's you for the year, and I'm really, really grateful for that, because that really helps me with the the startup costs of getting this done and the graphics that we got made and all the the music that you're hearing the sound effects that you're hearing all that stuff is bought right i don't go around swiping those things off youtube unless it's john milan talking about how he loves his county but for the most part uh, i try to support other creators as well right um some of the creators I support Are the likes of Blind Boy I subscribe to his podcast on Patreon And to the second captains on Patreon So if you're on uh, Patreon You also have them You might consider supporting me there as well On Patreon you'll find me at Patreon.com forward slash Man in Stockholm So that's Patreon.com forward slash Man in Stockholm uh, There is a tier there for about 2 euros a month And another one for 5 euros a month And that recurring monthly thing Really helps me Because if I know that there's going to be money Coming in every month I can invest in a trip up to Lulia Or to Yavla or, or to go out and meet the Irish community outside of Stockholm which is something that I'm planning to do now as soon as uh, everybody gets back after Christmas to go and visit a few people and collect a few stories out on the road as well if you have a company working over here <coughs> uh, and you have a lot of Irish people working for you spread the podcast to them this is community information a lot of it is from their perspective but it's also from the perspective of people who've been here for many many years and to tell the story of the Irish community over here if that sounds like the kind of thing that your business can support send an email to Podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on social media or LinkedIn. And we can come to some arrangement, right? Advertising probably not the best thing if you're selling engineering, or you know, I don't know, you could be selling some sort of industrial cleaning equipment or whatever. But you know, that's not what i will be able to help you with. Your listeners are, your customers are probably not our listeners, but if you're supporting me, you're supporting the service that we're providing to the Irish community here and if you see value in that, and I think there is huge value in that, get in touch, see if you can put a couple of hundred euros or a few thousand crowns in the pot to keep things going because that is really what it comes down to if you can help me out and pay for a little bit of my time and the expenses that I have putting this together, that would be brilliant and I think from the feedback I've received, I think people want to have this podcast, so if you can help me keep it going I'd really, really appreciate it Now, we've had the starter, we've had the soup and now it's time for the Christmas main course of this Christmas special podcast and it's none other than the home cook Donald skiing Donald's connection to Sweden is his wife Sophie but it's also so much more than that it was such a, a huge part of his formative years as you'll hear in this interview and when I decided I was going to do a Christmas special for you you know if you're part of the great exodus going home to Ireland through Orlando or through Gardermoen Airport in Oslo or through Copenhagen Castor Airport in Copenhagen with this in your ears I thought there's nobody better he's just such a wonderful young man and no matter how old he gets he'll always be a young man to me he's so positive he's so friendly he says so many great stories uh, he's written probably up to a Dozen cookbooks at this point in town. Uh, at this point in time, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of subscribers on YouTube. He's on TV in the UK. He's been on TV here in Sweden, as you'll hear during the interview. And uh, he has pretty much since he was his late teens or early twenties. He has been part of a Swedish Irish family together with his wonderful wife Sophie, who was then his girlfriend. And they've had that thing of you know splitting Christmas. One of them is never at home. One of them is always somewhere else when it comes to Christmas. So uh, I got in touch with Donald, and we said we'd do a little bit. Of we'd have a little bit of a chat about what it's like. Uh, in the kitchen uh, to be Swedish and to be Irish at Christmas and he'd be spending his Christmas at Gothenburg so I hope he gets the best of both worlds there. So here's the conversation I had with Donald before he and his family set off on their exodus from Dublin airport to Gothenburg to celebrate their Christmas. Uh, Donald can I start by asking you for those who don't know about your connection to Sweden other than the wonderful Sophie the second greatest woman who ever lived the first is obviously my wife but uh, (laughs) other than that how did you uh, build your connections to Sweden?
2: Well, actually, it's a good question. And no, nobody really asked me that because um, my connection to Sweden started before uh, my dear wife. And um, in fact, it was my connection to Sweden that actually helped me <laughs> uh, fall in love with my dear wife. Because, um because I had um, I had previously in another world, I was in a boy band and um, and then a, subsequently a, a kind of a mixed like a like a modern day ABBA. Mm, mind <laughs> so, yourself. Uh, men and women all in the one band. How wild. Um, but yeah, the previous one was very much like we were we were all teens. And um, we actually the whole concept of the band was that it was going to be international members. So we had a guy from the US. We had a guy from Ireland, which was me, and a guy from the Northern Ireland. So we were really stretching for the international side of things. But um, subsequently, we, we auditioned in Sweden. And I remember the manager saying to me, we're thinking of going to Sweden. And um, we ended up in, I think it was the, is it a hotel. There's a really kind of famous musical Swedish um, hotel. Uh, it's a
0: lead, Mara, is it? Uh,
2: yes, it is. It is. It is. Good there to hear you. Still around. So we auditioned for... Um, our Swedish member there, and we found a guy called Jonathan Fagerlund, and a friend who's been in my life for a very long time now um we're still still friends and when I'm in Stockholm I see him but yeah so we spent some time and um his family he was only 14 at the time when he right. came over to Ireland and we were all trained up to be in a band and um he came over and basically we were friends ever since but I learned a lot of Swedish from him and then when I subsequently went met my uh, my girlfriend and then wife um Sophie I actually had a bit of Swedish to be able to impress her with so that's a long story convoluted but <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I had a link to Sweden before her.
0: No, I've always been amazed because a few years ago like we met probably 10 or 12 years ago the first time and then a couple of, it might have been months, maybe a year later, I turned on the TV and you were there speaking Swedish, despite the fact that you'd barely ever lived here. I found that absolutely amazing. How did you pick it up? Was it just uh, Jonathan who was doing the Svenska for Ian Lander, I think was it? I
2: think very early on it was definitely, uh, I was making a conscious effort to learn it um, and I remember kind of getting you know, one of those like audio book things whatever it was back back in the day mm. and um, so I was kind of consciously learning and I didn't get very far with it. I remember kind of. Given up on that that's a load of pile of shite I'm not going to be I'm not going to be <laughs> wasting time with that and then subsequently, like I was surrounded by Swedish people, and so it actually it came from um, Sophie's family. Like Sophie's family don't really speak that much English uh, when I, when I'm there, you know, in in a group situation. Mm. So you're kind of forced to. And as an Irish person, you uh, you love to chat and you love to be part of the conversation. So I, I learned very quickly that if I wanted to do that, I needed to pick up some element of the language, and that just came from years of practice. It's one of those I always reference that Bar, uh, that uh, Simpsons episode where Bart goes to France and you <laughs> he's in a pickle and, uh, realizes after a summer in France, you can actually speak the language. And it kind of happened upon me like that, where all of a sudden, you know, the words kind of formed and, um, and actually funny, you should mention that Swedish TV appearance. And, and I did it for nearly a year and a half, um, yeah. Mitchuk on TV, TV feed. Um, and basically that kind of came off the back of, uh, I was doing a book that was released by Leila Linton, who's a very popular food writer over there. And she asked me, would I go on to promote the book because she was publishing it. Um, on Nietzschean so she had organized this um interview on Nietzschean and basically the researcher came and rang me while I was in Sweden um just visiting family and I, being very cocky, just decided I was going to speak Swedish to her in the uh, in the in the kind of pre-interview, and kind of like got myself into the trouble that basically led onto this uh, this like year and a half of te- of speaking Swedish on te- on uh, speaking Swedish on Swedish television. So it was quite um, a happening that I did not plan for, but it kind of it did force me to learn a lot more Swedish. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you something. I, I, how you succeeded, it was absolutely amazing to see you. But if if we roll the tape back just a little bit, right? Because- because obviously uh, you met Sophie you started to spend some time uh, like a lot of time over here you were over here with the music and that kind of thing but how did that sort of you know uh, dovetail with what you do with food did you ever work in, in restaurants or in catering or any of that kind of thing over here
2: yeah but very briefly now I was I went um, probably one of my first few jobs in my life I was only 18 19 uh, when I went over there first and um Sophie I followed for love. Uh so I went over to Sweden. She was moving back for the for Christmas. She came came over to visit a friend um who's half uh, Swedish, half Irish and um her grandmother lived on the road that I grew up on. So um that was our link with my link with Sophie and and her best friend. And then Sophie was going back home and I decided to follow her over and see what Sweden was all about and um we both got a job in a restaurant called I think it was called Rebellion. Um, in Gothenburg Port, so the, the harbour there in Gothenburg. But it actually, the restaurant had a sister restaurant on, the, on Ellsburg Festling, which is a tiny little island just outside um, Gothenburg. And it was a yule board. So, I mean, you'll, be, uh, you'll know all about yule boards. It's all about um, Swedish Christmas food, which is buffet style. And it is just copious and um, absolutely indulgent and, and brilliant all at the same time.
0: Alright, so Yule Boon for the uninitiated. Yule is Christmas, Boon is table. Christmas table, it's a buffet. It's raw fish, it's herring, it's smoked, <laughs> it's beetroot salad. You come from hogs where I know you love your fish out in hogs right? But you also love your mommy's turkey. I think your mother's cooking is your favourite cooking of all. What did you think when you first sat down and somebody said, okay, so here's a little tiny piece of a herring fillet and here's lutefisk and here's all these other things that you've never seen before for Christmas dinner?
2: Well, I can tell you one thing, if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't be able to speak about food on (laughs) on Swedish TV because immediately you end up in a Swedish kitchen. And, you know, like most Swedes have great English, but at the same time, they're speaking Swedish to each other when they're working. And so a lot I picked up a lot of Swedish words, but more importantly, I picked up the understanding of what the hell a Swedish Christmas dinner looks like (laughs) and it is. You know, for the uninitiated, it is quite uh there's some quite extreme things. I remember seeing Lutfisk being prepared by our, our head chef and like going, What the? he was pulling it out of like a, a big bucket of water and it would just looked absolutely vile. It looked like some sort of snake had been stripped and, <laughs> and what, what
0: fish is it, Donald? Do you know what what fish it is, or is it just no, any fish?
2: No, yeah. Let me let me look it up. But no, it's it's um I don't know Lutfisk. Is it like a cod or is it not a cod, like a it's it is some sort of white fish, but I think it's because it's salted and dried that it ends up kind of looking so weird. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's a delicacy, and then amongst you know many other of the sweet, you know, Swedish yule board classics. You know, Alamalto was my favorite thing to prepare because it's um, I got to do these big buckets of um, creamed rice pudding with lots of vanilla and vanilla sugar, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then strangely enough, um, orange segments in it as well. So lots of little things that I picked up, and and you know, it's. Funny Funny 'Cause I I write recipes all the time around Christmas and there's always a sprinkle of something Scandinavian in there because of that experience so you know these things don't leave you and um, me digging my hands through um, and arranging different pickled herrings and all that sort of stuff that doesn't leave you I can tell you (laughs) something that stays with you
0: but when it comes to the actual food culture did they ever explain to you in the kitchen where all this came from because as far as I understand it, the reason they have pickled herring is because you know you can't take anything out of the ground here in the winter and you certainly can't go fishing even in Gothenburg there so do they ever sort of say to you okay this this dish is here because
2: well I think I mean very little was given out. I can tell you it was a rough and ready kitchen so there was they <laughs> there mostly are. The, the history <laughs> of food was not on top of, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> top of the list as we were like shoveling out all the dishes um, no but I mean I think it's uh, interesting enough like Swedish food a Swedish traditional kind of Christmas food is very very ingrained in pre- preservation, you know, and I think any of the pickled herring, even lax, which is one of those classic dishes, is is exactly that. It's trying to preserve a fish with salt, sugar, um, herbs and spices and things like that. So, you know, I think a lot of what comes together as a Yule board is a lot of, you know, preservation. It's a lot of, you know, beautiful things that have been prized and have been presented in a way that people feel like it's a real feast. So I think there's something lovely about that. And and in some ways, you know, obviously we have our traditional traditions here in Ireland where it's all about you know the big the big feast and you know there's there's elements of that that are so inherently Irish but then at the same time you know what I love most about Swedish traditional food is that it's just this plethora of things you know there's so many different things and and each you know even going to Sophie's family for for Christmas each family member has certain things that they're proud of um, and there's certain elements of it that really have to be a certain way you know to, to really celebrate so I, I thoroughly enjoy the the traditional and I think anyone who kind of comes to Sweden realises how, how much Swedish people do cherish tradition. And it's definitely something that Sophie kind of um, introduces to our boys as well.
0: I can imagine. Uh, how old were you the first time you spent Christmas away from home? Ooh, uh,
2: I can't even remember when I left. Uh, I actually don't know. I think it was only when we went to Los Angeles. No, sorry. It was when, no, sorry, sorry. I take it all back. It was when we uh, first, when I was uh, dating Sophie. So the first Christmas we had over in her family, that was probably, I was only like 23, 24.
0: Yeah. Well, how was that experience? Because I remember it was 1996, the first time I came over here. It was the first time I'd ever been in Sweden. It was December. I've yeah. never seen as much snow or been as cold in my life. And I was standing there. I used to smoke at the time. I was standing at the door of my parents-in-law's house. And this reindeer just wandered up the road. I was going, this is this is Disney. I don't know what kind of, you know, is somebody fix it. Is there some prop guy there just pushing it out? Why I'm, were
2: you smoking, though? That's yeah, exactly. uh, yeah.
0: I think it, I think it was only Marlboros at that point, but thankfully. But, um, but when you go away from home the first time, because Christmas is obviously a time about family um, you know, what was it like to leave your family? Do you remember thinking back, "Oh, yeah, I'm loving all this pickled fish and that kind of thing," but I really wish I was at home and Holt? Or were you delighted to be where you were?
2: I think I was really excited. I mean, we, we had most likely, uh, yeah, I had done the, the, the full, actually now that I think of it, it was probably, I did probably spend that Christmas that we worked in the restaurant there because we worked all the way up mm-hmm. until Christmas. Um, So I, I do remember the excitement of it just being such novelty. And I think, you know, when you're a young person, you want freedom and you want new things. And, you know, Sweden was very much that for me. And I absolutely loved that experience. And, you know, I think it, because it was so different to what we had at home, it kind of felt special and it still does feel, Feel special. You know, I mean, we're hoping to go over there this this uh Christmas, all things uh, considered. And, you know, I still look forward to those different elements that are that make it special and an alternative to what an Irish Christmas is. So I definitely think um there was there was, you know, the usual thing you miss your mammy, you miss your, your the turkey, you miss the ham. But you know, there's something that's so lovely and interesting and intriguing about a Swedish Christmas and the traditions that are, you know, they encompass that it really does make it feel like you're, you know, you're welcomed and you know, you're at home home there so I, I never had that kind of fear of missing home
0: on the other end of the scale of course you mentioned Christmas in Los Angeles because you're over there working for a few years I mean that must be completely different because you're more or less <laughs> celebrating on the beach right
2: <laughs> <laughs> well that like I mean at least Sweden has its uh, deep roots of Christmas in in tradition uh, Los Angeles is make it up as you go along like I mean there's palm trees there's sunshine and there's beaches so like we definitely. I mean, any of the Christmases that we did celebrate out there, and we tended to do it because um, either of our boys were born around that time, so we couldn't travel. Um, yeah, we always did something alternative. So I always um, tried to mix it up. So. I had last the last christmas we spent out there i did a korean uh, pork shoulder <laughs> david chang style with lettuce cups and all sorts of things and then we did a there's a that we live very close to um the san gabriel valley which has this incredible amount of um asian restaurants and i love my i love asian food oh, yeah. um so they we went and did dim sum for our steven's day celebrations our, our 26 day celebrations so Fantastic. yeah very alternative very different and and I, do you know what i'd happily go back to that cuz I, I by the time christmas rolls around for me i've written so many turkey recipes and ham recipes i've started cooking christmas dinner in july in the heat (laughs) so by the time christmas rolls around i'll take anything that's a bit alternative
0: I'm I'm very much looking forward to your next book, Donald's Asian Christmas Cookbook. I'll be getting that in my (laughs) stocking for next year. Um, I don't
2: know about that. (laughs) uh, The
0: Swedes, Swedes, of course, they celebrate on Christmas Eve, which is a little bit different for us because that's a day that we tend to, or certainly an evening that we like to spend at the pub with friends, right? But in that lovely kitchen out in Hoth with your lovely family, who will do the cooking? Will it be Sophie skiing kicking you out of the kitchen or will it be Donald skiing in there among the knives and chopping boards?
2: I will definitely be in the kitchen. <laughs> so Sophie is a very good sous chef, but uh, she knows she knows when it comes to Christmas dinner, it's 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 my baby and um, I do a lot of planning involved in it. Um, but you know what? When we're over in Sweden, I do completely kick off or kick back. So it's like, well, I kick off too, but <laughs> I try and kick back most of the time. But no, I do enjoy the fact that like it's such a Christmas by numbers in Sweden that you can kind of you can kind of relax and let their let her family do it. But when it's when it's back in Ireland, there's so many elements to it that I really enjoy the process of like building the menu and planning things out.
0: But, But where do you get everything, Donald? Because it's not like you can get pickled herring down on Moore Street.
2: Well, I don't do a Christmas. I don't do a <laughs> Swedish Christmas in Ireland. you mad. you <laughs> throw like, the, They throw the herring back at you.
0: <laughs> oh, look at it. Like, if we didn't do both, because in our house now, on Christmas Eve will be the Christmas, uh, the Swedish Yule moon. And on Christmas Day, it'll be the turkey and Ham. And God almighty, if you were to ever deviate from that, somebody would be murdered if that was okay, the case. Okay, well, you see,
2: that's the, that's the right thing to do. I mean, we've, done one or two where we do the christmas eve like traditional christmas and then you still get the christmas day celebration as well so you actually end up with the best of both worlds the only thing i've ever been disappointed with um with a swedish christmas is not planning something for the 25th because as an irish person you have so much expectation for christmas morning christmas afternoon and, you know, I think I remember the first time we didn't and you celebrate it on the Christmas Eve and then you're ringing back home and they're all like just getting into it. And you're like, yeah. oh my God, now I'm missing it. So I definitely think that's the key to successful Christmas um, cross Irish-Swedish relations. <laughs> Super. I
0: got to ask you for just a couple of final tips, right? Um, there's a lot of men in this world who might have just met a Swedish woman like our good selves did once upon a time, right? Yeah. Uh, they might be preparing their own turkey for the very first time. You know, they might mention the words Christmas pudding to us, Swedish woman and she's looking at them as if they were just one big question mark right so your best tips for getting that turkey in the oven and getting it you know to taste like something other than cardboard when it comes out six hours later
2: a very good question. Um, turkey, the the way to do it, and to make sure that it doesn't taste like cardboard, uh, my trick is a dry brine, and um, I'm, I swear by it because you know if you ever hear about keeping a turkey moist, it's all about you know uh, these these wet brines, and that's an absolute non pain. That's basically put your, your turkey
0: in a bucket, right?
2: Hey, put your turkey in a salted kind sort of sugary water bucket, and to be honest, it's too much work to get it in and out. Find a bucket that size. Dry brine is the way forward. So it's a kind of, it's a salt and sugar rub with spices in it. And basically you rub that all over the bird. You leave it to sit and allow that kind of salt to permeate the bird overnight. You don't have to do anything. All you do is rub the bird and then leave her in the fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, the next day, don't be looking at me like that. Um, and then- <laughs> And then the next day, all you've got to do is slather it with butter. Butter is key when it keeps to, comes to keeping the uh, turkey nice and moist. And then a little bit of stock, some chicken stock or turkey stock if you have it, um, into the bottom of your baking dish, and then cover it with tin foil. You wanna you wanna roast off your turkey for whatever your you know weight, weight per time sort of thing is, and then um, take off your tin foil, and um, you're gonna allow it to cook cook and roast off. But basically, the whole point of it is to keep basting it, loads of butter. Get the butter under the skin. Um, of the breast. And then just keep a little bit of moisture going um, and nice, nice and uh, steamy in the oven and you'll be you'll, be, you'll be ready. You'll be there ready. you go.
0: I think if you're passing through Stockholm any time on Christmas Day, you might find this black charred lump in my back garden. <laughs> <laughs> Donald told me this is the way to no! do it. No! <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. Before you go, my friend, and if I was to send you a gift, I'm not going to do it this year, but I might do it next year if you're still in Dublin, right? If there was one thing from a Swedish Yule board from the Christmas uh, buffet that you and Sophie would want me to bring home to you and bring to you and host, what would that be what would you love from the Swedish Share Christmas
2: Oh my god! Well, do you know what it's we? The funny thing with that restaurant we worked in was that it used to lay out these big um, bowls of Swedish candy, and um, like anyone who in Sweden, you know all about the, the the good candy. Um, but we loved um, what was the the Yule Tomte? The you know the little foam, the gummy foam. Yeah, the gummy
0: foam Santas, like <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, hopefully, Jesus, almost like marshmallows, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they're no, but they're not. They're like chewy, so they're really yeah. yeah they're, that was, uh, we used to rob them. Like, I don't think half the guests ate them because we, we'd we eat them. But um, but yeah, it's funny that that's the thing we always like bring back from Sweden around Christmas time. It's these um, kind of, that, that and Yule Must. that's her other thing. Sophie loves Yulemust. It's like yeah. a, a spiced Christmas cola, basically. Yeah, it's
0: amazing because like at this time of the year, the sales of Coca-Cola just drop through the floor because everybody goes for Yulemust, you
2: know, and it's, it's just, you know, it must be c- one of the few countries that that happens in.
0: Yeah. And every year, to be honest, I pitch a story to the Reuters News Agency say, can we not do this? Because like, they literally, sales of Coca-Cola literally fall off a cliff and everybody yeah. drinks this stuff. And I don't know, I, I like it. Like I'd still drink it, you know, but it's a weird taste. You know, you came very close there, but I can't even describe what it actually tastes like, what's well, yeah. magnificent stuff. So, uh, and it'll be on sale. It'll be half price on the 26th of December as well. If any of the Irish community wants to try it. And um, then
2: I've heard that they, uh, they rebranded for, they call it Yeah, post yeah. uh,
0: there, yeah. it's actually just an amazing thing. Down in Denmark, I don't know if you've ever been there around Christmas time, but they have this uh Christmas beer called Euler Brig, right? Oh, I've and tried it,
2: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The secret ingredient, uh, for the tube board one certainly is licorice so they put licorice in the beer right but it's also between 5.6 and 6.3 percent so if you go down there and you're used to drinking Guinness at about 4.2 percent it's like putting a gun to your head and pulling <laughs> the trigger you know so it can get very messy in Danish pubs around that time of the year but I digress what are your plans for Christmas this year my friend you said you're going to come to Sweden and celebrate with us is that correct we're
2: hoping to be there yeah on the 21st if all goes well but you know yourself it's at the moment it's just scary times so we're, we're hoping everything uh, works out and I mean more so for Sophie she's she's missed uh a couple of Swedish Christmases for a while so I think it's important for her to get home so we're, we're hoping we'll be travelling on the 21st and celebrating on the 24th
0: Yeah it's the world we live in at the moment Are you going down to the west coast of Gothenburg are her family still down there?
2: Yeah west coast uh, down towards Lindum Mundal and Kumsbaka Mundal Oh god he has a, I was down there last week actually Jesus it was freezing as well it's
0: always a little bit colder you have that damp Irish cold on the west coast that's probably what well, you were looking for
2: It's different I, I was always laughing because when I first ever got to Sweden I turned up in Converse and like skinny. skinny <laughs> <laughs> I learned very quickly Not to freeze me balls off <laughs>
0: Exactly I mean, You can either look like a pop star Or you can be warm But I don't exactly. what I One final question uh, You have two sons Noah and what's the other lad's name? Oliver Oh, Noah and Oliver And they're still quite young uh, How much do they enjoy Christmas In a Swedish-Irish household Back there in Dublin?
2: I think they're they're very much getting their heads around it. We did Lucia there the other day. We do Pretty the good. advent, the candles, the Advent candles. Um, but I think they're very much um terrified of the fact that Tomta might be coming to the actual house. So there's a lot of talk about that. There's right. a lot of pre anxiety over Tomta actually coming. Yeah. Um but has, no, has I, he been
0: I, vetted by the guards, that kind of thing? Exactly,
2: it? exactly. I don't <laughs> think he has. That's the problem. But no, I think I think they're very excited. I think they, you know, they're still so young, they haven't really got their heads around it, but I think the excitement levels will be mighty when we when we get up there that's
0: brilliant Donald I, I want to wish you and yours and the wonderful Sophie I haven't seen her for years either like the happiest of Christmases my friend the best to look and take care in your travels and maybe I might see you in Stockholm sometime soon
2: absolutely you too and uh, good Yule good
0: Yule good Yule <laughs> there you go that was indeed the legendary Donald Skihan What a lovely guy, Uh, and going to be here spending Christmas in Sweden. If you're spending Christmas here in Sweden, um, I hope you're enjoying yourself. I hope uh, you've found some things that you like to eat, and you're spending time with people that you like to be with. Uh, I know it can be a lonely time for some people as well, so uh, I just hope that everybody's getting through it. If you're at home, I hope you're making the most of it. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're able to get to people to get to see the people that you want to see, and maybe you haven't seen in a long time because of this pandemic. Uh, there will be another podcast next week on what they call Dogada, the in-between days of Christmas so I'll bring a little podcast there there'll be a little bit of advice about um, how to get back into Sweden and what you'll need for that and there'll also be an interview uh, with somebody who has a film on Netflix and I'm going to be telling you what to watch I'm not going to give it all away just yet but uh, that's what we're going to be heading for so in the meantime take care of yourselves take care of one another be careful out there on those icy wintry roads uh, look after one another and remember the it's not about the having It's about the being So uh, have a great Christmas out there And sure I'll talk to you again next week When we've done better to do When you need to get out of the house And clear your head With a podcast in your ears Wherever you may be Merry Christmas my friends